My name is Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a crisp autumn morning here in the capital and I'm delighted to say that with us this morning is Amanda Meachin, CEO of Community and Business Partners, Community Interest Company. Um, Amanda, welcome and good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Uh, fantastic, thanks. Um, a bit of a cool, crisp morning, as we've said today, a bit chilly, but uh, get the jumpers out and it's absolutely fine. Um, now, just for those regular listeners, Amanda, that uh, may be unfamiliar with yourself and your organisation, um, you're based in the northwest in Blackburn and essentially you provide services to the local community and businesses across the northwest of England, don't you? But if you could just expand upon that, because obviously that's a very brief description and probably doesn't quite do you justice. Well, we are a um, community interest company, a CIC, and we've been established for over 20 years. Um, The uh, legacy before that was Blackburn Partnership, which started in 1988. Um, We do a a vast range of community and business services, uh, as the name suggests. We go from um, collecting food that's um, still very edible but not saleable from the supermarkets every morning, which we distribute to families every day. Um, We have a scrap store, which uh, diverts goods and materials from landfill, which we then upcycle and recycle and distribute as art and craft materials to schools and uh, community groups. We have uh, business mentoring for the whole of Lancashire through the Boost program and through our own Northern Mentoring program. And we deliver mentoring to international startups and entrepreneurs that come to this country through the tier one service, um, uh, through the home office. And we offer them support in getting started and endorse their business plans and make sure they achieve their goals to be able to um, operate in this country. Um, We've got an asset transfer that we um, got from Blackburn Council 10 years ago, which is um, 12,500 square foot building in the centre of Higher in Blackburn, we're landlords to another five SMEs, small businesses that we look after within the building. We have lots of uh, community space in the building. Um, and generally, we, we do a lot with lots of other charities, lots of other schools, lots of other organisations and lots of other businesses. Really is some incredible work, isn't it? And it hasn't gone unnoticed either, I think it's fair to say, because um, under your leadership, um, your organisation became the first not-for-profit to successfully complete a one million asset transfer. Um, You've also become the first social enterprise outside of the capital to receive ISO 9001 accreditation and also the only non-profit to be awarded endorsing body status by the Home Office as well. So I think given your accomplishments, you must be incredibly proud of what you managed to do over the last uh, 21 years. We are. And, um, you know, we are a social enterprise and we do have a social impact and the ethical way that we run our business is at the heart of everything we do. But we still like to run a business which is very efficient, that delivers on its promises, that we uh, we go above and beyond what is, you know, what is the norm to get things done and to make sure that the people that we're trying to help and the businesses that we're trying to support get the very best. Um, and so, you know, we, we have gone about things in a very business-like manner. Um, we're just about to go through our 10th assessment for ISO 9001 next week. Mm. Um, And it's something we're really proud of because, 
you know, sometimes in 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 the world that we live in, it's a good business can be seen or mis, misinterpreted as being a very uh, cutthroat and very sort of aggressive um, to get where they want to be. But we try and do it with a lot of kindness, a lot of care. And um, we really believe in what we do and the people that we work with. So, um, yeah, we're really, really proud of what we've achieved. And I can imagine that when we talk about the world that we currently live in, some of those services that you provide have probably been seldom more important than ever before, um, given the COVID-19 pandemic and the challenges that we've seen, not only during social restrictions, but also in the aftermath of that as well. Um, you continued operating during the pandemic, of course. Um, how was it sort of navigating the last sort of 18 or 19 months for yourselves then? Um, well, it, it was... Um a relatively easy decision at the beginning when uh, lockdown was first announced. Um, we tend to be really good in a crisis because we're in the centre of the community and because we have really good connections and networks. When anything, when any, any crisis tends to occur, we, we seem to be at our best because we, we work very quickly and we respond quickly um, and we're able to pivot because we've got such a dynamic team um, and, and they're well-versed in, you know, in getting things done quickly. Um, so we decided almost immediately that we were going to stay open. We weren't going to furlough. We weren't going to mothball anything. Um, we, we thought, you know, our communities and our businesses in a time of crisis is when we were going to be needed most and when our health and support would be more vital than anything, even if it wasn't to grow a business or to employ people and create wealth, it might have been to support them businesses just to survive and get through um, to be able to re-emerge or pivot or diversify or deal with issues that they've never dealt with before. Um, and so, you know, my team, we gathered very quickly and said, this is what we're going to do. Um, thankfully, we have a big building, which meant that, you know, if necessary, we could have had one room each to work from. We put in place some really robust working practices around uh, sanitation and, and, and cleanliness and um, distancing and uh, testing. We got all those things lined up so that everybody that could continued to work here if we needed to because we were distributing food um, or they could work from home and utilize the digital and virtual networks, which allowed them to connect with businesses continually all over the county uh, for all the, that support and all that, that necessary um, communication that got them through and helped them to, to get by just day by day. And, and it was um, a crazy mad time. Um, but we, we just took every day as it came and dealt with those issues that presented themselves on the day and help to get those people what they needed um, just to get through until tomorrow or until at such a time then that they could start to plan or see light at the end of their tunnel. Mm. And I can imagine perhaps that you might even be considering sort of keeping some of these flexible working practices in place because what we are seeing um, at the moment within the jobs market especially is a real change in kind of emphasis in what candidates want and they want sort of be, to be able to work flexibly and have that option to work from home, dip into the office as and when they want to. So um, the requirements are changing that people have of their employers. So I can imagine that's something you are mindful of. We did have some members of staff that had uh, vulnerable members of family at home so they didn't want to come into the building 
So we made sure pretty quickly that they had that option. Um, and and as, the, as the safety or the initial fear and, and the greatest threat became lesser when people started to get vaccinated and things, they still chose to um, either stay at home or work some time at home or come into the office less, less often. Um, and we still got that flexibility in place now. We have um, our employees come from probably 20 mile radius to come into the building, but they don't come every day. Um, and they've got the um, all that technology to work from home, to meet virtually with us. We have team meetings every week. We have updates uh, regularly, if not daily, about what's happening or any issues. And we're utilizing those digital platforms and that uh, flexibility really well. But that's certainly encouraging um, as well. And um, obviously, when it comes to the decision that you took to not furlough anybody and sort of bring everyone together in sort of that real rally through the year, the pandemic, I can imagine that that move was quite important for maintaining sort of in-house morale, wasn't it? Because there was that sense that really you were sort of all in it together and that must have been really important. Um, it was, but I, I did actually just ask my team to trust me because... At the time, there was lots of people being furloughed and paying and being paid to stay at home. And if you remember, the weather was beautiful at the time. Mm-hmm. So there was lots of people in their gardens and, um, you know, going for long walks and, and you know, before the, the you know, when, when that time was restricted. Um, and I did ask my team to trust me. And I said, you know, we, we're very much needed now. And this is why we're here. Um, I said, and... I'm a great believer that work, going to work and being employed is a real privilege. Mm. So if you can go to work and make a difference and help other people, then that privilege is amplified. And I think it's a real uh, hidden well-being to go to work for a decent employer, to do a good job, to be recognized for that work that you do. Even if it's just by me saying every day, thanks very much for today. You've done a great job. See you all tomorrow. I'm a true believer that work is the best medicine for a lot of ails in people's lives. And if you can go and do a good job every day, it's a real privilege. And I knew that and I believed that. And I had to try and instill that in my team. Um, there were some doubts. You know, there were a few sideways glances when I was sort of rallying them and saying, we're going to stay open and we're going to be here. But every single one of my team has come to me within the last eight months and said, you know what, you were absolutely right. Some of my friends have gone into depression, some of my friends have lost their jobs, some of my friends have lost their homes, some of my friends have been really, really poorly and being being almost stuck at home has been worse than yeah, anything they could have imagined when we just thought it might have been a few weeks. Um, and so they've paid me back. They've paid me back in their resilience and their passion and their commitment and delivering the work, you know, and... Um, one of my managers who does the international um, entrepreneur and uh, tier one service through the home office. She's talking to people in different time zones. She's speaking to people at three o'clock in the morning. She's speaking to people at weekends on Sundays. She's speaking to people that can't get here, but they've got their visa because of travel restrictions. And at not one time did she or any of her team come to me and say, do you know what? This isn't fair. We're doing all this. Um, all the time, it's always been brought back to the to the company and to the rest of the team. 
Uh, we've just done. We've just won an award for the um, the Nui top team in the Northwest last week. Um, but the team is integral, and the team has supported each other massively. So mm. um, it's been a really, really good. Um, uh, it's a really good growth for our team internally, um, and it's resulted in a really positive, positive message for us. Um, and we've worked great throughout it. Yeah, it's mm. been really good. And one of the innovative ways, I think, that whilst we've been sort of working apart that you've actually sought to keep everybody connected is through the establishment of a virtual pub, isn't it? Which is a very sort of new way compared to just jumping on a Zoom call or jumping on a Teams call. So um, what was sort of the, the thinking behind that? So we're, we're, we've always been um, quite a social group. We, we don't go out um, in our, our own personal social lives together. But we've always made a point of uh, being able to go out for a lunch as, you know, um, at, at times of uh, celebration or maybe a black tie event if there's a ball or we're nominated for awards. Um, and we do a lot of networking and we go out and tell people about what we do. Um, and that element of our work, which is vital for what we do, completely it was it was just taken away. It was you know it it was missing and it left a great void in in what we did. And so we, again, we decided quite early on that the last Friday in every month we would go home early and we set up this uh, virtual pub, the CBP Arms, and we hosted. Everybody took turns to host the quiz. The quiz could be about something they were very um, passionate about. So. I, I had quite a lot of football in my quiz and uh, Amy had quite a lot of movies in her quiz and musicals. And, and this went on for probably 14 months. And it was just something that at the end of the month, um, I think it might have been more regular maybe every other week at the beginning. Um, we just sat around at home on screen with each other with a beer or, or a drink or a coffee and we just had an hour where we laughed and joked as if we were sat in the pub. Um, and it was really, really good for morale. And it just kept everybody, give everybody the ability just to laugh at little things that might have been a bit stressful. Um, just let go of a little, you know, and, and just lighten the load a little bit. Uh, and we all made sure that everybody took part. Everybody had a voice. Everybody um, got, got, their, got their way to be able to say, well, I'd like to do this or I'd like to do that. Um, and we did fancy dress and we did uh, silly things um, and it was just lovely just keeping the team together and you know we're still human and and we still needed that little release um, every so often Mm. and it shows doesn't it that sort of when you sort of care for your team's mental health and they're very aware of that you sort of reap the rewards of that don't you in terms of productivity because they are then willing to go above and beyond for you during a crisis aren't they I, I really truly believe that if you if you give somebody um, an environment where they feel valued, they will work ten times harder for you. If you create uh, an environment where somebody doesn't feel valued, then they'll turn up. But I just mean they'll they'll, they'll clock in. They won't be passionate. They won't be uh, driven. They won't you know, stay late or uh, arrive early to make sure something's done correctly or double check anything. But you give them an environment where they're valued and they will do all that without question and they will do it again and again and again and again. 
Uh, and like I said before, I my background comes from quite lowly beginnings and quite poor beginnings. Um, and I've had great employers and I've had really, really bad employers. The great employers taught me how to treat people and what you get if you treat people well. The poor employers taught me that you'll get virtually nothing if you don't respect your people. I think that's absolutely right and very sound advice as well for any regular listeners tuning in that may be sort of younger and of that entrepreneurial mindset that may be thinking of starting their own business or their own organisation. Um, and I think when it comes to sort of running any kind of entity, um, it's very much taking into account that every single day is a school day, isn't it, um, Amanda? We're always learning things very much on the spot, even as leaders. And so reflecting on sort of the pandemic in the last 18 or so months at last, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you've taken from managing through this period? Um, I would say what we've been discussing, Scott, that people, um, regardless of their status, regardless of their background, regardless of their, um, you know, where they come from or, or their, their situation, if you give them an opportunity to thrive and you care about them, and you give them that right environment, then they will give it back to you. And um, I've been managing this organization now for 21 years, and I can honestly say that I've got the most cohesive uh, pulling together in the same direction, respectful to each other, group of people that are working together day in, day out. There's no edge, there's, there's, no, there's no undercurrent, there's no whispering. They are really, really genuinely working together as, as a complete unit, as a great team. Um, and that's given us a foundation now to go on in the new year to develop some services that we can go further afield with. We're going to roll out the, um, the business services that we've developed through the Home Office um, International Mentoring um, we're going to, you know, look at different things we can do with the community because the community need is changing. The well-being and the mental health of people in our communities and on our doorstep that is is so critical. Um, so it's given us a really good insight into where we're going for the next five years. And I think community and business partners, what you've done over this period as well, it epitomises this idea that you should not be put off by sort of a time of crisis, a time of economic hardship, because as we've discussed throughout this, you've not only sort of kept your key and vital services to businesses running throughout the entire time, but you've also managed to secure six figures worth of new funding for yourselves as well to help keep those services going. So it has been sort of quite successful by and large, hasn't it? It has, and and again, the the I think it's somewhere um, in the Far East where the name for chaos is the same as the name for opportunity, or something like that, or crisis and opportunity is viewed with the same um, the same optimism or the same uh, respect because you know change is difficult, and and people innately don't like to change because they they get these little comfort zones. But I love change, especially if it's something when you've got a great team and we can say, um, you know, we can, we can do this and we can change that and we can change the way that's always been and we can find a better way to approach this or um, situations. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's a pleasure to be part of um, and it gives people great self-respect and 
and great purpose in what they do. Self-respect and drive, isn't it? And that's so, so important as well. And I think that's certainly something we'll continue to see over the uh, the next few months as we sort of leave 2021 behind and look to next year. And with, of course, social restrictions gone, hopefully um, for good now, um, I can imagine you've got some very, very big plans for the next 12 months and some real targets for this time in 2022, haven't you, Amanda? We do. We've got, um, we, don't get me wrong, we've got challenges. We've always got challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the building we're in is, is very big and, and it's very expensive to maintain. So we've got to, we've got to keep, keep our, you know, our base, um, in, in good order. So, so that eats a lot of our, uh, reserves and, and, um, there's not many opportunities to get help with that. Um, but we also have these, these, proven services now so these business mentors that we've used for many years and now using um the digital and and technology to be able to reach further we've got lots more uh mentors and entrepreneurs coming to us and saying we'll work with you we can work in, in in a collaboration to to reach further um business startups are going through the roof in the northwest and again, it's, I've seen it before where um, after a period of uh, difficulty, the entrepreneurial spirit in people and the creativity in people to go and work for themselves and start a business on their own just becomes the, the, the best way for them to, to make a living or to, to start a career in, in something they have passion around. Um, and they need that help in, in getting that business off the ground and making it sustainable um, and viable and um, and profitable. We all, you know, even us as a third sector organisation, as a CIC, we still have to make enough money to survive. We just don't distribute it to shareholders. So, you know, we still have to um, get those revenue streams in and, and, and create those services, which are all in design right now. Um, and so hopefully in the next year, in the new year, we'll have some um, some some new services that will be, uh, putting out and rolling out, uh, very much based on pilots that have already happened, um, you know, organically, and, and we're just going to build on those, and hopefully, um, 2022 will be just as successful for us, and we'll continue to be able to help and support communities and businesses. Hopefully so, and um, I do wish you all the best in continuing to walk hand in hand with those local communities and businesses because they are going to need it. We are still feeling some of the effects, uh, the after effects, that is, of the pandemic, so that support is going to be absolutely crucial. Um, We are just about out of time, unfortunately, Amanda, but I have to say I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed having you on the programme with us. It's been incredibly insightful hearing about all of your fantastic work, and actually, as we start to sort of see the situation unfold a bit more over the next year and what some of these sort of projects behind the scenes are that you've got going on i'd relish the opportunity even to welcome you back onto the program with us because really enjoyed having you on and i think it would be great to catch up on this it would be my absolute pleasure to come back on and tell you how we're getting along in a few months time or um, next year Um, i'd absolutely relish it and it will give me great uh, drive and commitment to get things done even more if i'm going to come back to you and tell you how we've come back to you and tell you how we've done and how we've managed throughout 2022 
in the you know in the light of the of the new situation and hopefully an ever improving one. Absolutely, and um, until we obviously do speak again, hopefully Amanda, please do take care and stay safe with all still going on as well. Okay, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It was a pleasure welcoming Amanda Meachin onto today's show, and I do hope that all of our regular listeners thoroughly enjoyed the interview today. Um, If you would like to appear on the Leaders Council podcast, then you can apply to be our next guest on the programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Until that next time, when we'll be hearing a whole new story of success and innovation, to everyone tuning in, goodbye, and we will see you very soon.